On today's podcast, I've got featured guest Joe DeSena, founder and CEO of Spartan. He's got an amazing book, 10 Rules for Resilience, Mental Toughness for Families. We dive into it. Have a listen. There's a voice deep inside every dad calling him to lead. Society, vices, inner demons, negative thoughts try to dampen and drown out that voice, but it never goes away. Your wife feels it. Your children feel it and your heart and soul feel it too. It's the voice that starts off as a whisper, but then becomes a calling, a calling to be the tip of the spear for your family, a calling to play all out and lead by example for your children, a calling to build a legacy that will go on for generations, a calling to be the warrior dad you were born to be. Dads, our children need us now more than ever. To be that beacon of hope, courage, positivity, and strength. It's time to rise as warrior dads together as a brotherhood. If you felt that twinge in your soul, it's time for the warrior dad experience. Welcome to the show. I am extremely excited to have special guest Joe DeSena on the show. Joe, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm 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 more pumped than you. I've been waiting for this show. Well, I appreciate that. So I always like to start out family dynamic, kid situation in your household. Share that with the dads listening, and then we'll we'll jump jump into rules for resilience. Uh, awesome wife, married about 20 years. I don't know if it's 21, 19. She's gonna kill me if she hears this. Got um four wonderful children, two boys, two girls. The boys are older, 18, 16. The girls are younger, 16, 11. Gotcha. Okay. And now we've got, you know, the rules for resilience, mental toughness for families. What, what was the trigger behind writing that book? I'd love the, the backstory and hear why you why you wrote it. You know, I was pushing our kids pretty hard definitely made some mistakes along the way, did some things I believe at least at this point were the right things to do. My wife was dead set against us not writing a kid's book. I convinced her because I brought Dr. Laura Pence to the party. She's a psychologist. So my wife felt we were somewhat safe if Joe had a doctor next to him to, you know, kind of vet everything he said, but the philosophy was, I guess it started from a place of fear when they were young. I thought if the kids, you know, wake up late in life in general, they start waking up at 10 a.m. If they, if they end up living in our basement when they graduate high school, if they don't have work ethic, like that would be a disaster. And I don't know if it came from a place, just being honest of, my own ego or, or what it was, but, but I like to be around people that just get shit. I, I just love to be around people that get stuff done. They just gotcha. work hard. They grind uh, anything the world is throwing at them. They just deal with, they don't, they don't fly off the handle. And so how do we take these little creatures? My first time, like, like with all new parents and make sure they have those qualities and attributes and, I don't know. We're going to we're going to take them out in the cold in Vermont. They're going to do hardcore sports. They're going to ski. They're going to wrestle. Uh, 
they're not going to complain about food. If they do, they're just not going to eat. This is the food we have. Um, they're going to be asked to do things that might be ridiculous. We're going to run marathons at seven and eight years old. Uh, we're not going to set any records, but but we're going to get them done. And and as I'm seeing this unfold, I'm thinking, you know, maybe maybe parents just don't know because everybody seems to be just handing over devices to kids and I'm seeing very large children that are immobile and they're not active and let's write a book. Maybe they need a book. That's how it happened. Gotcha. And, and I went through it cover to cover. If you haven't gotten it yet, definitely pick it up. Um, you can't until you can describe what that means to you. That's the, the first rule, one that I really loved and one that I, preach to my two boys that are 15 and 13. Give some backstory on that one. Yeah, you know, none of us um, believe we can do what we haven't done before. We, we're held back. We have these limiting factors from society, from our parents, from whoever it may be that says, you know, you can't, can't do that or don't do that. or what, Maybe they just don't believe in you. And, and so it's a pretty amazing day when you learn you could pretty much do anything if you put your mind to it. So the more you could instill in the kids this idea that, yeah, it's scary. Yeah, it's hard. Yes, it might take a while. But but if you stick with it, 90% of the things you want to do, you can get done. Now, if my young oldest son was on this call right now, he'd say, as he said when he was like seven, I can't fly. Okay, there's some things. <laughs> right. There's some things, but but we didn't have airplanes uh, for the entire existence of the planet. So somebody figured that out, right? And and it's our job as parents to not only tell the kids they can get anything they want, they can get after anything, they they can, they can complete anything, but to show them uh, not not just you doing impossible things. But having them get through uh, the impossible, the seemingly impossible, and to set really high bars so that so that they're not living within you know a low ceiling of what what's possible for them. Uh, you can get into the best school if if that's what you you can get the best job. You could marry the best spouse. Like you could do all those things if you put time. And I remember when I was a kid, I saw a BMW. It was next to the Chevrolet dealer where my mom was buying a car. And I was looking at that BMW and it looked nice. And she said, you could, you could get one of those. You just, you got to work. And, and so as long as I, you know, you got to give them a, a path away. Right. Yeah. No, I, I love that. And I kind of say, Hey, paint the vision and you see the vision first. They're not going to see it. So you yeah. have the experience. And if you can share the vision, I mean, my, my boys are football and basketball players and my oldest, I, sent a picture when he was at Penn State like five years ago of him overlooking the, the field. And I say, chase the vision, right? Where we need to see it and share it so they can start to believe a, a little bit more. That's right. Yeah. Love that. Love right. that I, piece. I, I, one, one more. Let's go down one. So a buddy of mine is a, is a guy named Yanni Diakamahalas. He's one of the best wrestlers in the world. He won four NCAA titles, uh, just graduated on his way to the Olympic cycles. And when I've been to his garage, the most unlikely place, uh, Rochester, New York, where his dad molded him into being one of the best wrestlers in the world. 
on the wall are slash marks. And I said, what are those? And they said, well, that's our 10,000 hours. We, we mm. spent in the garage, we marked them off every hundred hours in the center of the room is an NCAA map. And I said, why'd you get the mat? He said, because that was the vision that that's where we were going. And so I wanted them to get used to it at a very young age and it worked. I love that story, right? I mean, there it is. And they see it yeah. every day and, and every day that that's so important to see that and visualize it and have it aware. Even if you're not, even if you're just stepping past it, subconscious mind is registering, Hey, it's down yeah. there and you, you know, it's there. So, and, and show them what, what does show them look like? I mean, you, you had some great stories in the book as far as, you know, some of the crazy races you've done and, and grabbing kids and, what was it? The bike ride back from New York City to, to Vermont. You grabbed another uh, you know, somebody else to, to ride. Yeah. Not, what does show only, them look like it? Yeah. Not only not only was I doing crazy stuff. Without them, with them, but but if they were five years old and I had a 13 year old do a 275 mile bike ride with like and they heard that story. You know what happened when I was growing up, my mom found a yogi. And that yogi believed in yoga, obviously, meditation and becoming a vegan, but also believed in long distance running. And he started this race called the Transcendence Run. Hmm. Still a race that exists today in Queens, New York. It's a it's a one mile loop. You just run around one mile, but you do it thirty one hundred times. It takes wow. 50 to 60 days. And so if you're a young person like me and you're seeing your mom fast and not eat for 30 days, or you're seeing people run 3,100 miles around a one mile loop. Talk about showing them. Like I, I got mm -hmm. to really stretch my curve, you know, what's possible. Right. And so we need to do that with the kids. Yeah. I, I love that. And then they, then they follow, right. I, I get asked by dads, why, how are, you, how are your boys in the gym all the time? And I say, cause they've seen me doing it since they were two, three years old, right? So we show them, they, they lead uh, through that. What, what about earn, not given? That's number rule number two. That was another one. I mean, I we, all, we all know that. Even, even the, the curmudgeons on social media that post what they post in comments, right? Like we all know that we should earn our food. We should earn our place. We, you, know, and, 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 you know, I think some people forget well, it's not really fair for the folks that didn't get it. And uh, that's a bunch of nonsense. Uh, as long as you're showing the folks that maybe didn't cross the finish line or whatever it may be, uh, the, you know, the fastest time, as long as you're showing them the path on getting better and, and what best looks like for them, um, it just tastes better when you earn it. It feels better when you earn it. There's something, by the way, there's biology. I've, I've had a bunch of doctors on the podcast. Our brains are actually wired to do work and then get the dopamine hit. So if you don't do work and you just get the dopamine hit, it starts to create havoc in the brain, which is what these devices are doing, because we can swipe and scroll and and just get those dopamine hits and we could hit Uber Eats. And if if as a parent, if you could instill in the family that, no, we earn our, you know, fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. It changes. It changes. By the way, think about those meals. The best. I remember once I was, I had COVID. 
I was running, don't ask me why, 76 miles. It was hot. I was dying. I had cold, like the whole thing was terrible. I had no money on me. I convinced this woman who was selling fruits and veggies on the side of the road to give me some grapes. It was the best grape I ever had in my, I earned that grape, hmm. you know? And so the meals that we remember, the, the moments we remember, the medals we cherish, like those are the ones we earned. And the, and the harder the challenge to get that reward, the, the deeper the memory, the more cherishable the memory. Yeah, no, I love that. And I, I taught that lesson to my boys, right? The hard th Do the hard things. You're going to be so rewarded from it. Is it going to be challenging? Yes, but that's going to make you not only physically tougher, but it's the mental toughness as well, right? I mean, that's the true gift in that those physical challenges that you you put yourself through. I know your family wakes up pretty early. You're you're blaring music. You're doing things. Give give some backstory about that because I love it. I mean, we get up, boys hit the gym, wife hits the gym at five fifteen in the morning, three days a week before school. I think it's an amazingly powerful do, thing to do. Connected as a family, what what's your your routine as far as daily? daily yeah, and so I I was really nervous about. I I just remember at a young age running my first business and having a tough time waking up employees and getting them there. The kid, the other kids on time to help me do the job. And, you know, for just my goal was how do I hardwire in the family this idea that we get up really fucking early? It was, it was hardwired in me. My dad was running a trucking company for a moment in my life when I was a young kid. And he used to call his employees, the old dial phone, right? Mm -hmm. Hand yeah. me the phone. I've got it to my head at five years old. It's ringing. He's driving to their house, knocking on the door. So, so that was wired in me. Like we wake up early, we get stuff done early when everybody's still sleeping. And, and so, yeah, I, I make no bones about it. And I make a lot of noise that it, it, it's not uncommon for me to have all kinds of music blaring a bagpipers I've had come through the house. Uh, they've got, <laughs> they've got cold plunges early in the morning. They've got practice. Uh, and I'm with them. I'm up. I'm up early. I'm doing it. This What's morning, I did. This week, they have no school, so I did let them all sleep. I okay because they 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 do need sleep, and so. But mm -hmm. I'm a believer. I'm a believer that sleep should come on the on the front end. Go to bed earlier. Don't talk to me only about what time you wake up. What time do you go to bed? So people want to they want to play that game with you. Like, well, they they, they need sleep. Well, go to bed earlier. Why, why is it? Why is he or she scrolling until midnight or one in the morning? Like, that's ridiculous. We should set our alarm clocks at night, not in the morning. Yeah, I love that. Digital sunset, right? Turn away tech, get yep. to bed early. I mean, one of the greatest times of the day is if the entire family, and I've got 15, 13, you know, I've got teenagers just like you do. We're all up in bed by 9 p.m. And we're able to wake up. We get a great night's sleep and and then we can stack wins in the morning and, and attack the day. You know, discipline, I think anytime somebody hears discipline, it immediately goes to like the negative side of it, right? And I think discipline equals freedom. It, it, you, you say discipline breeds responsibility. What's your take on discipline? How have you been able to instill it in, in your four, four kids? And what are some you know, strategies for dads out there to, if they're not disciplinarians they're not giving their kids that discipline what are what are some small steps that they can take to do that you know i think i was really lucky uh, we had when i was growing up we had we had some dogs and 
we had a friend who was a like a German dog trainer. And no one wants to hear that kids are like dogs, but they are. We're all we're animals at the end of the day. And and dogs are a lot happier when they have, you know, discipline and they know what what's allowed, what's not allowed, what the what, what guardrails we have. So so I don't know. It was it was very obvious to me when we had our first child that we had to put some rules in place. But now that I've been through this for 18 years, I would say you've got to balance that as well with allowing them to be creative and cross the line and and see see what's out there. They can't be so um, disciplined in the sense that they just listen and follow and do every like they do need to test the waters. And and, you know, as long as those are not fatal mistakes and they're not ridiculous, you should allow some of that. But but by and large, um, they need to learn what many of us don't know in the United States which is uh, that if you stick to a disciplined routine, you actually have more time. You have, uh, you're more successful. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, I, I think it's counterintuitive. Everybody hears discipline. They feel like, yeah. oh man, I'm, I, I got I to be in order. I'm, I'm going to yell at No, discipline, you, you get more time when you're actually structured and you do those things. And I do like the point of allowing them to, test the waters, be a little bit creative. I, I like to turn the question around when they ask for my advice, I'll say, well, what's your gut tell you? you, you right. There's going to be a point in time, Joe, where I'm not there to give them advice. They're going to have to trust their gut and go with how they feel. I, I like to ask that question. What, uh, from a physical perspective, I know you mentioned marathons with the kiddos. What, what are some small things that dads can get their kids involved in to, to move and, and start that physical and mental resilience that we're talking about today. Somebody just sent me the question today. I, I, I was talking to somebody earlier today and they said, I have a three-year-old. They said, can you give me a routine or something for them? And I said, if it were me, I'd figure out gymnastics. You know, if you could afford it and there was mat gymnastics near the house, absolutely from like three, you know, eight, nine years old, they should just be doing mat. I'm not I'm not expecting them to fly through the air off the rings right. or the bars. Right. But but they should be able to tumble and do handstands and sit ups. And, you know, you you fill in the blanks. Now, if you don't have a gym, a gymnastics, um, you know, a coach or somebody nearby, you probably go on YouTube and you could figure out 10 exercises that you could repeat every day. For me, I, I think it was 15 exercises we did every single day for at least eight years wow. and what i named them after animal movements i wanted to i wanted to gamify it it had to mm -hmm. be fun it had to be quick it had to be something i could repeat every single day and i had to be able to do it anywhere if we were in an apartment an airport or wherever we were we had to be, pull, be able to pull it off living room and so if you could envision you know whether it's bear crawls or um crab walks or a, a movement we call the scorpion walk, which was a, a back bridge where you're walking like this. They had to be a little more advanced for that, but they got it eventually. All of them got it. Uh, handstand walk, um, lunge walk. Uh, we came up with all these cool names. There were about 15 of them, and we just did them every single day. And and we're seeing, like I said, we did it for eight years. Like, mm. do you know what kind of discipline that required from, from me and my wife? Like, 
if we were in a hotel scheme, we were doing them in the hallway. We never missed a day. And, and when you look at them now, uh, they are physical specimens because we just did it every day. We just, we just did it. And so, you know, it's so easy to take a day off or a week off or it's a pain. We didn't operate that way. We just did it every single day. That's incredible. Eight years, right? I mean, just think about that discipline they were building and that mental discipline muscle of, hey, we were, and and I'm sure there's probably stories of when somebody wasn't feeling well or conditions weren't right in a hotel or wherever you were traveling. And you said as a family, as a group, we're still staying we're committed to us. Do you, do you have a story that pops out of when, you know, there might have been an opportunity to to not do it or, or I mean there's there's wrong. there's a hundred of them, but I remember in an airport we were flying to Japan. We were probably in Boston, and I'm not getting on this giant flight 20 hours and we didn't get our workout in. And so we're doing it in the airport. My wife is completely embarrassed. <laughs> she is walking away from us and going to sit somewhere else arguing with me do we really need to be doing this and yes we need like it did not matter wherever we were we were doing it that's incredible i love love that story what uh where do you see kids your kids future like where are they headed what 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 do you what hopes visions dreams do you have for them well, I, I mean look i hope i hope they could take this stuff and i hope they could then um you know expand their lives and and get after it. Hopefully, hopefully they follow some of the program with their kids. I mean, I made them, we didn't talk about it. I made them also study Mandarin okay. for those eight years and, and every single day doing their 30 minutes of Mandarin. And it's only since it's only recently that we've come, we've come off that program. They have it in school now, but, but the fighting in the house, once they hit, you know, 16 17 years old it was just too much you know and they were small it was they were like robots they just followed the right. program now they push back and this and that and but um learning that second language everybody should have a second language it really rewires the brain um my oldest son i didn't know and i, I believe it came from the mandarin he he can go you know sit at a piano and hear any song any song and play it just wow. hear it and play it and I think that comes from from all that Mandarin. So, yeah, hopefully they can go build their lives, their families. And um, and hopefully, most importantly, in this whole discussion, most importantly, hope they hope I hope they call me and hang out with me after they're gone. Isn't that that's the dream, right, of, of yeah. being close when they when they leave and yeah. want to come back and you have a full table at the at the house. Right. One of the things that popped up in the book multiple times is. You being an example and pushing other kids, right, in, in some of those, those stories that you shared. And I think that's so important for dads to realize, like, you can not only be the example for your kids, but if you see a kid out of line and their parents aren't around, you, you need to step in and, and say some things. What, what's, what's your take on, on that? Little Ren. Little Ren, when I landed in Japan, we, we set up shop first day of school. I hadn't met my friend's family yet. I, I have a friend who, who's married. I never met his wife or the kids. And they were taking the same bus as my kids on that first day of school in Japan. And kids came back and we were taking them. The plan was when they got off the bus, we were going to bring them to Kumon. Kumon's a great program. Everybody listening should put their kids in. 
it's a Japanese math system. Uh, very short, every single day, one of those routines again, you know, 10 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day. And Ren, my buddy's kid, is kicking and screaming to his mom and he's not going. And she is dressed perfectly. She's smiling. She, she's embarrassed. She doesn't know what to do with the kid. He's uncontrollable. And, and so I just grabbed the kid and I'm holding him and I'm holding him firmly enough that he knows he's not going anywhere. Right. And I'm basically saying to him, I don't know if he understands, but I'm saying to him, we could do this for 12 hours. Like, you're not going to break me. Like, <laughs> like, you can kick, but you never are going to be disrespectful to your mom in front of me. Well, me and that kid had the greatest relationship for the next 12 months while we lived in Japan. I mean, he was awesome around me to the point where the family would say, why is he that? Well, because I took a stand right from the day we met. There was no... You couldn't mess around like this was our deal. This was our relationship. And I think that's a mistake many of us make is is um, we don't put those guardrails in. Yeah, no, I, I love that story. I, th I think it was so, so powerful. What's next for Spartan? What's what's in the in the future for for Spartan and, and the company? Well, we're still um, nursing ourselves back to health from COVID. Mm -hmm. uh, we're very, very close. There was some really touch and go moments the last two plus years to the point it was so bad where going to sleep was actually easier than being awake. Mm -hmm. And I had never experienced that before in my life. So th th those were really, really tough moments. But I kept thinking about Shackleton and his famous story of being stuck in the ice with his men for two years and having to eat dogs and uh, seals to survive. And I just kept thinking, well, if Shackleton could, could do it, we could survive. So um we're back on our front feet we're coming after you know the last um bit here and and uh and back on offense and, and growing so it's good it's awesome yeah I, I was listening to uh your interview with rich roll a couple of years ago and just the outpouring of support you got from just random spots and it, it was it was incredible to to hear the story and and so happy that you've uh you've made it through so what's what's your final parting thoughts words of wisdom for dads in their their dad journey and and really growing resiliency in their in their children well you're gonna you're gonna have about ten thousand choices to make along the way and when you're thinking about whether to go the hard way or the soft way it's the answer is almost always the hard way almost always that's the right choice with the kids Love it. Joe, thank you. Uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. You're awesome. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Dare to be uncommon. Lovely legacy. Create a legendary day. And I'll talk to you soon. Dad, the voice you hear, the whisper you just can't shake, the one calling you to unleash the warrior dad from within. It will never go away. It will always be there. You can't run from it. You can't hide from it. It's waiting for you to get into the fight. It's waiting for you to chase your potential. It's waiting for you to lead. Lead yourself, your children, and your family. Your children are waiting, watching, and hoping. Hoping you act. Hoping you show them the way. Your legacy is on the line. The time is now. The time to rise as the warrior dad you were born to be. Dare to be uncommon. Love, lead, legacy. Create a legendary day.